Welcome to another edition of the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Drew, recording from the beautiful, finally warmed up Flathead Valley. It's Friday, May 13th. The old Flathead County Courthouse is one of the most iconic buildings in Kalispell, if for no other reason than because everybody passing through the center of town has to drive in a circle around it. The courthouse building was constructed in 1905 and originally was built with an odd feature. The prominent clock tower never held a clock, just four blank holes until 2015. It's like 110 years with no clocks in a clock tower. On the third floor of the courthouse lie the commissioner's chambers and offices. Three county commissioners, Pam Holmquist, Randy Brodell, and Brad Abel, make up the elected government of Flathead County, each serving staggered six-year terms. This year, Pam Holmquist's second term is up, and while she is running for re-election, three Republican challengers are facing off against her in the primary. With no filed Democratic opponent, the June 7th primary winner will take a seat on the commission. I spent last week interviewing all four candidates on their backgrounds and motivations for running, and I invited Flathead Beacon Editor-in-Chief Kellen Brown to join me on the podcast to talk about the race. Before we get to that conversation, however, a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, there's some extra perks involved too. So to find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. All right, Kellen, thanks for joining me today and uh, taking over the reins a little bit on hosting duties. My pleasure. It's a Great to be here, Micah, and we are going to be discussing the county commission race, which uh, you wrote a cover story on this week. I did. First off, I want to point out that it's interesting that the incumbent commissioner, Pam Holmquist, has three challengers in the primary, but it's not unprecedented. Um, four years ago, actually, Gary Kruger, who was an incumbent, had three Republican <laughs> challengers and he ended up losing to Randy Brodell, which I had forgotten about until today. And you asked me to come up here and interview you, <laughs> and I did 10 minutes of research. So, Well, and then the, the, the last race for Brad Abel's seat, currently on the commission in 2020, was there was no incumbent, and it ended up being almost a perfect split of the voter share. It was a three-way tie yeah, I see, yep. with maybe 200 votes between all three of them, I think uh-huh. the, the, I think Brad won by maybe ninety. So it's very close. We are now in a history of having these crowded Republican primary races that yeah, yeah, out and no Democrat way. filed. So this is it. Mm-hmm. This is um, primary is the general, and this will determine who uh, sits on the three person board and probably the most powerful position in Flathead County. I mean, it's debatable, but uh, certainly uh, it's up there. So what is, what are the three challengers saying to differentiate themselves from incumbent Pam Holmquist? Well, well starting with, with the incumbent Pam, she has been on the board for, for two terms now, and the commissioner served for six-year terms, so she's been on there 12 years, uh, looking to go uh, another six. Holmquist or has been in the Valley for a very long time. She uh, worked and lived in Evergreen. Her, her family's here kids and grandkids. Um, she, she has very deep ties to the to the Evergreen community. And she's been she's been a big advocate for a long, long time about 
uh, getting a new county detention facility. It's one of it's been one of her main goals really since she started with the commission. She said about a decade ago is when she started thinking about putting aside money, saving money for a new detention facility, something that she has not been able to get through, partially because even though it's a powerful position as commissioner, you're only one third of a board. So you still have to have at least one other person agreeing with you. So it's hard to sometimes get things actually passed through, started, get them working. That and these big box stores are no longer vacant. (laughs) And it's difficult to find a a large enough facility. There was also a, a piece to that whole puzzle where there used to be a law in Montana that you couldn't have a county office outside of the county seat. So they were ha- they were restricted to just within Kalispell city limits. There's not a yeah not a lot of huge buildings where you can you can really do much. Uh, well, they looked at um, they looked at the old Walmart. Looked at the old U-Haul Walmart. took that from them. Now the old Shopka is gone because applied. Mm-hmm. I really think they should take a long hard look at either the mall or Kmart. Have a big detention facility on the mall right next to the new walking path. Uh, they're they're looking at one one spot south of town, one spot uh, just north of town. But I mean, there's still a lot of hurdles there. I mean, you acquire property that's still probably going to be a twenty five million dollar bond that the county has to approve. Um, but that's one of the main things that that Pam is uh, looking to accomplish mm-hmm. finally. Um, and then she's really just running on the fact that she has been in office for twelve years. She has a lot of institutional knowledge. She knows how the county works. She knows what the county needs. So she's really hoping that people understand and respect her, just her vast knowledge of she she doesn't have to come in and go through a learning process. There's no learning curve. It'll just be business as normal. But she has challengers, formidable challengers. But she has challengers. The first one who filed was Jack Fallon, also of Evergreen. He and Pam actually have a long history. They served together on the Evergreen Water and Sewer Board. So they've they've worked together. They're they're both Pretty well known in that Evergreen community. Uh, he's also on the school board, or was, he's also he, yeah he's on the Kalispell school board. Uh, still serves on the sewer and water board in Evergreen and on the fire district in Evergreen. He's a retired financial planner. Um, still doing a little bit of that. Still uh, serving on the community. And he uh, people might know him from a cover story that Tristan wrote a long time ago from when. Uh, He's an avid hockey player, plays in several adult mm-hmm. hockey leagues and had an instant where he had a heart attack on the ice and was, was down for a while and revived. I remember the headline, Miracle on Ice. Very, yeah. <laughs> very on the nose. <laughs> very on the nose. He is still an avid hockey player. He plays in an adult league or 60 plus league, I think it was, uh, every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, which incidentally is the same day that the county commission has their meetings. He said that he would lobby for them to shift meetings away from hockey practice. But he he has been serving on boards in the community for, I mean, 40 years. He has been on the Evergreen Sewer and Water Board since, I think, the 80s. He has implemented sewer projects. He has coordinated with county governments, municipal governments, state agencies. Um, he's very connected on that. He served on the school board I believe for a stint in the 90s, and now he's back again. So he's spent at least, you know, 10, 15 years on the school board. Clearly a very uh, well-liked and well-respected figure in the community um, as they keep electing him to the school board. And he's got a lot of connections. He's worked with a lot of agencies. He definitely has a lot of, of knowledge on how things work. 
School boards aren't controversial at all, so that's good. <laughs> Not at all. He, uh, he hasn't had to overcome anything to keep that position. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jason Pars, the former Kalispell police officer who's running. Yes, Jason Pars, uh, one of the younger people running. He served as a member of the Kalispell Police Department for, about, uh, I believe, the last 15 years. Um, was briefly in Coeur d'Alene before that, I think, somewhere in northern Idaho. Um, he is... Probably relatively well known in the community because he is uh, or he was half of the Kalispell Police Department's canine unit. So showed up to a lot of school demonstrations on, uh, you know, how police canine units work. He's also very involved in Special Olympics Montana, um, a lot of work organizing that. So he's definitely uh, been a face in the community. And he said that his main motivation for running was that he has heard so much from his friends, from his neighbors, from members of the community that they don't think the current county commissioners understand what's actually going on outside of outside of the county courthouse. Basically, he doesn't believe that the current commissioners spend enough time in the community, hear enough public input. Um, he feels there's a real disconnect between the people having their meetings twice a week and, and listening to a couple minutes of public comment and what people in the community actually want and, and think and talk about. Jason is also running, obviously, on a very public safety-focused platform. All of these candidates are, really. That's one of the main things they talked about. But but Parse definitely comes from that Kalispell Police Department background. He understands the need for public safety, and he has some very inside knowledge of, of how he sees that playing out, where he wants to see investments in personnel. The other thing about him is that he was released from the Kalispell Police Department uh, about a month and a half ago. Uh, his his termination is, is under an investigation due to some alleged policy violations, um, and that'll be discussed at the, the statewide oversight agency um, in a couple weeks. All right. And then the uh, the last challenger, Brian Fries. Is that how you say it? Fries? I believe so, yes. Uh, Brian, I believe, has the maybe the, the least experience on, on the government agency side of things. Hasn't served on nearly as many boards or, or worked with the departments, but he's been a small business owner for a, a very, very long time. And he really comes to this seeing the county at a crossroads and that if serious changes aren't made, then, then he sees a real threat to the lifestyle of our conservative community here. He's very concerned that the community is going away from, you know, some of those those guiding principles he sees in terms of upholding those those true conservative Montana values and doesn't think that the commission is doing quite a good enough job of making sure that those are a top priority. All right. And what are uh, what are some of your predictions? Uh, do you do you have any uh, how this race will shake out? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. You see signs for basically almost all of them it, it's, out there. It's definitely hard to say. I mean, I've yeah, you see signs for everybody. It's kind of interesting to see the the groupings of signs. I mean, usually people with yard signs have multiple ones, so you can kind of start to put not only the commissioner candidates but a lot of our legislative primary candidates into some groups. So you know, maybe based off of which legislative primaries, which way we think those will go, you could maybe draw some conclusions. I would guess that there are maybe two or three stronger contenders out of this group of four. Mm -hmm. But again, the last uh, Republican primary for county commissioner ended up 32.9, oh, and 33.1%. So I think it could end up being really close and, and probably someone will win with only 30% of the vote. That's all you really need in order to break a four-way tie. Uh, yeah, uh, interesting stuff, Micah, and, and uh, people listening, you can pick up uh, 
Flathead Beacon on New Stanza read uh, the story County at a Crossroads online at flatheadbeacon.com. Anything else you want to add, Micah? Uh, just to flip it back on on your end, you obviously pay attention to all of the political races going on. We've been covering uh, the House district, the legislative districts, a little bit of everything. What is your 10,000 foot view on on what direction the county is going to go? Uh, I don't know which direction it's going to go, but you definitely have a loaded primary season and you have uh, Republicans that are considered more traditional far right conservative. And then you in a lot of these races, you'll have a more moderate challenger or you could call them or some people would call him a rhino <laughs> uh, and, and Republican name only. And you have that in a lot of races. Mm-hmm. And so it will be interesting to see which one uh, who kind of prevails in some of those races. I think you in maybe the city of Kalispell, more urban areas, you may see the moderate, more moderate candidates prevail in mm-hmm. the primaries. And in the more rural outskirts, uh, see the more traditional uh, further right conservative candidates prevail if I was going to guess. And that is just a guess. Uh, while we've had primaries like this for county commission with four candidates, three candidates, the number of state house and state senate races mm. with multiple Republican candidates is higher than usual. So that will be something to watch uh, as the returns roll in uh, this uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks. So uh, that's kind of what I, my 10,000 foot view so June 7th, if uh, people don't already have that date fixed in their head, June 7th to get ballots in. And yeah. And your absentee, if you vote absentee, like I would say almost the majority of folks in the flathead do, though, uh, those are mailed out this week, next mm. week. Soon. soon. Very soon. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should be receiving them by the end of next week. Anything else, Micah? That'll do it. Thanks for coming up today. Thanks for letting me host uh, and nice work on the story. Thanks again to Flathead Beacon Editor-in-Chief Kellen Brown for joining me on the podcast today. It's very difficult to interview myself for a podcast story, so it's always great to have a guest half-host. Kellen can be found every week in our newspaper writing a weekly column, which he normally struggles with coming up with a topic to, so if there's something you think you need him to rant about, be sure to send him a letter at editor at flatheadbeacon.com. <laughs> Now, here are two news stories from this week that you should probably know about. Glacier National Park has a new person in charge. David Romer, a University of Montana alumnus and the current deputy superintendent of Redwood National and State Parks in Northern California, has been tabbed for the top post at Glacier Park according to a Wednesday announcement by the Park Service. Romer will begin his new job as park superintendent in early July, overseeing the crown jewel of the National Park Service, which for 112 years has guarded nearly a million acres of pristine wilderness, abundant wildlife species, and natural resources. Romer succeeds Jeff Mao as the top administrator at the park. Mao retired in December after eight years as a leading official in Glacier Park. Romer comes to Glacier from his most recent position as Deputy Superintendent at Redwood National Parks and previously worked as the Chief of Resource Management and Science at Redwood and had a similar position prior to that at Big Thicket National Preserve. He has also worked as a biologist at Bryce Canyon and Carlsbad Caverns National Park and he initially started with the National Park Service as an interp ranger at Carlsbad Caverns. 
On the other side of the valley, the Whitefish City Council has adopted a citywide ordinance requiring bear-resistant garbage containers at all residential properties, voting unanimously to approve the new policy that they hope will help reduce the potential for human-bear conflicts, even if it comes with a more expensive price tag. The May 2nd decision came after the council considered multiple iterations of the new ordinance that gained urgency last fall following a record year for bear-human conflicts inside Whitefish City limits. During one extended period in September of 2021, at least 19 black bears were browsing bins for unsecured garbage and other attractants. The new ordinance furnishes all residential accounts with 95-gallon animal-resistant garbage containers, but does come with a 55% increase to monthly residential rates, which will rise from the current garbage service cost of $10.78 to a new cost of $16.75. That's all I have for you today. As always, stay up to date on the latest local news online at flatheadbeacon.com. This episode was hosted by both myself and Editor-in-Chief Kellen Brown, and was mixed and produced by me, Micah Drew. Music in this episode includes songs by local Flathead Valley artist Mike Murray, who's kind enough to let me use them. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. (laughs) ¶¶